0: So we have one last thing to go over before we dive into we, the parts of the mass, and this last thing connects to what we were talking about last week. If you, if you weren't, if you haven't been with us, or you've been away, I've been, I've been, uh, do, I'm doing a series of homilies on the mass, uh, and so we've talked about why and what the mass. We've talked about um, uh, sacred architecture. We've talked about active participation. And today, I'm going to dive into one particular part of active participation. And that is the active participation of music within the liturgy. Now, when we think about it, right, it, it requires, when we have music and we sing, right, it requires more than us to just say something. Right <clears throat> When we sing, we have to kind of pay attention, because it requires a little bit more from us. I would say for most of you, you probably don't have much or, if any, training in music. And so it requires a little bit more effort to be able to sing. That's good. That's good. Because if it takes more effort, then you have to be paying attention enough to make the effort. <laughs> you can't just like sail by. It like forces you to participate. In, in the early 1900s, Saint Pope, Pius, Pope Saint Pius X wrote a document about sacred music. And 100 years later, Pope John Paul II, reflecting on that, said that music is essential to the celebration of the liturgy, it's essential to the celebration of the liturgy and aids in our active participation. Both popes said that <laughs> it aids and helps in our active participation in the mass. And if you're thinking, well, music, you know, uh, you know, some of you may love music, some of you don't listen to music. I don't understand that latter group of you. But, you know, I've met you. <laughs> uh, and cool, whatever. Right? So you might not con- necessarily connect to music. But music within the liturgy has something that's been happening since even before the church. Back in the temple, in Jew- in, in, in before the time of Christ, there were, th- there were these men called cantors. Who would stand in the temple and sing the psalms as worship was going on, and that's what that was their sole job the whole day. Could you imagine your whole day being you got to go sing? That's what they did. They would go and they would sing all day. And then if you look, <coughs> if you look at uh, the gospel itself in the gospel of Mark. During the Last Supper, after they, they do the two parts of the water and, and the wine, I mean, the, the bread and the wine, it says that Jesus led them in song before they went to the Mount of Olives. So even at the Last Supper, they're singing. If you read the Acts of the Apostles and the letters of St. Paul, St. Paul mentions and St. Luke mentions multiple times where the early church is singing hymns to God. And as you read the early church writers, they're mentioning also music. Then around the 500s, Pope St. Gregory the Great, who was a Benedictine monk who had come out of the abbey, had taken all of this music and put it together in some sort of, like, together. (laughs) It was like all different things and he brought it together. And that is what you know as Gregorian chant. St. Gregory, Gregorian chant. So that Gregorian chant is 1500 years old. That's pretty cool. But in the church continues to have, to have music and it grows um, and changes and, and there's, there's different things. But the, the, we've always been having music within the church. And what it does is that it helps us to enter into the liturgy. Because music itself, especially lyrical music, which is what we're singing, it's not just instrumental music, it does two things within us. First of all, it stirs our emotions. Part of the intent of music is to stir our emotions. If you're listening to music and you're not being moved by it, then either the musician has failed, or, you know, come talk to me. <laughs> like, we might need to work through some things, right? Everybody, there's some piece of music most people can connect to. You know, for for a lot of people right now, uh, it's Taylor Swift, right? There are h- hundreds of thousands of people going to Taylor Swift concerts. There's, there's girls that are spending their entire money and not working so that they go, go from Taylor Swift concert to Taylor Swift concert. And you might be like, oh, Father, that's kind of crazy. But you've come from the generation of the Grateful Dead, so, you know, <laughs> just, a different, just a different time. But, like, people connect with music, right, emotionally. It moves them. Right, You probably have those songs that you remember. For most of you, that, that song that you had your first dance with is a very special song. Right? That's what music is supposed to do. It's supposed to move us. But the words themselves also help us to reflect. It, they direct our hearts. Right, If I'm singing the blues... I'm singing the blues because I want to just like kind of sit in the fact that something bad happened and this is sucks. If I want to sing a pop song, I want to be kind of like hyped up or lifted up. If I'm singing a metal song, I want to get angry. Right? If I'm singing Jimmy Buffett, I want a margarita. Right? But that, that it, those, the words help to evoke that. It's not just the music, it's not just the melody themselves, but the words that help to, to focus us and direct us. Right? And so in those two things together, the 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 uh, the, the, the words bring us out of ourselves into something greater, into, into something wondrous. They pull us out from navel-gazing and to look up. To give glory to God. To give him praise. They pull us out of ourselves into something greater. If we allow it, if we enter into it, that requires that interior participation that I was talking about yesterday, but it also requires exterior participation. Do I have something else that I wanted to say? Before I talk about that, yes before I talk about that. Music in the liturgy is particularly communal. I don't, I don't need to ask you raise your hands, but most of you have probably been to a concert where everybody knew the words and everybody started singing. And there's something like, like just beautiful about that. Where the artist can just walk away from the microphone and the whole crowd is singing their song. All right? Well that's what music in the liturgy is supposed to be as this bond of the community together giving glory to God But again that requires for us all to sing But we've been trained by the culture to say only those who have been trained to sing should sing. There was probably somebody that told you. I have a friend who, by the way, is a phenomenal singer. I had a friend who somebody said to him, "Honey, you, you probably shouldn't sing. You should just not do that." Like, how many? I'm not going to ask for reason, hands, but I bet you some of you have been told that. paid. Oh my gosh. God bless. <laughs> right? I, it is my opinion, and especially here in the Western world, in the United States, that we kind of believe that only the people that are doing the music should be the ones singing. But if you think about it, in most other cultures, and even in our culture way back in the day, everybody sang. Now there were certain ports where we would listen to somebody else, but if you're going if you go to the church in Africa, it is definitely loud because the whole congregation is just singing. Same thing in Central America, South America. I'm not familiar with Asia enough to say anything. But they they're all invested because nobody ever told them that they shouldn't sing. But here's the beauty of communal singing. I've been in choirs. There have been days where my throat was like this. And if I tried to get anything above, you know, if I tried to hit a high note, it would have been, uh, there would have been cats that would have been like, please stop. <laughs> but when we sing as one community, as one voice, nobody notices everybody else's voices. Ah, genius, yeah, I know, right? And, and you might be worried, like, what would somebody else thinks if I start singing and they look at me? That's their problem, not your problem. Right? But if we sing in that communal, if we help ourselves to be wrapped in that communal singing, then we can enter into that. And with one voice, it is wonderful and it is beautiful, And it gives glory to God, and it lifts all of us up. We are called to participate, so don't be afraid. You might have fear. You might have this fear of comparison. What What if this somebody? If you sing in the shower, or if you sing in the car, then you can sing in church because you are moved. So I challenge you, I invite you to enter more deeply into that. And you might be saying, well, Father, I I look at those notes and I might as well be reading the language of the aliens. That's okay. I can't read either. I mean, I can if I, like, sit down and, like, go ding, ding, ding. Like, I can figure it out. But we got these things right here called our ears. And if you use your ear and you can listen to what the other person is singing, most people have at least enough physical capability to be able to match that same note. And then you just have to look at the notes, oh, I need to go up, or I need to go down. And most of us know those songs well enough that we know how much to go up or how much to go down. And if we don't, there's this awesome other thing called listening. I just listen. And allow yourself to, you know, maybe, maybe the exterior participation happens a little bit later because you have to have that interior participation of, like, listening, okay, and learning. And that's okay. That's okay. Okay, I talked about that. Um, yeah, furthermore, to sing, you don't need to be Luciano Pavarotti or Celine Dion. All you you need to be is you. Because that's the voice that God gave you. So, when we talk about sacred music, the church documents that have talked about sacred music speak of one particular type of music that is preeminent among the others. And that that is Gregorian chant. Now, for most of you, your experience of Gregorian chant would be like, uh, let me sit down and relax. Ah, or like some reference in a movie, um, which I'm not going to make references to because <laughs> they're usually a little bit off color. Um, but our, our experience of Gregorian chant is, is kind of in that. But if we really enter into what's happening with the words and the melodies, they lift us up. Even when we're listening to that music not in sacred liturgy, it's in order to to relax us. But if we then connect the words, that, that melody and those words become transcendental. They pull us out of ourselves. Sometimes we have, there's some songs in the liturgy that kind of sing it. There's one particular song that, that I, I, and I try not to get when I go to my parishes to ask the music ministers not to do that. But as soon as the song starts, it sounds like the theme of Gilligan Island. Gilligan's Island? Now, now, now I'm thinking about beaches and... <laughs> You know, like, I'm like, or there's another one that sounds like a song from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and I'm just like, like, poly, totally just pulls me out, and I'm not, I'm not in mass anymore, you know, I'm watching Charlie float up and, you know, <laughs> right? The, the, the music is supposed to bring us deeper in. It's supposed to bring us deeper in, both the melody and the words. And so we're going to start... I'm going to start to introduce chant. But don't be afraid, because I'm going to teach it to you. I'm going to spend the time and go through it and teach it as long as it takes for you to learn it. So if it takes a little bit longer, it takes a little bit longer. If it takes a little bit shorter, it takes a little bit shorter. I'm going to go bit by bit, and we'll learn it. And then we'll start to incorporate that in the mass. And it's really simple. That's the beauty. This, the chant that we're going to be learning is really simple. It's not complicated. The range is about seven notes, five notes. So you're not going to have to go real high or real low. And yet, it's, it's just perfect for that. Okay. Okay. Talked about that. Next page, almost done. Like one thing left. Nope. There we go. And then finally, <clears throat> I'm gonna be honest. I don't particularly like these hymnals. For one or two reasons. One, there's only like, like there's very little music. And uh, and second, a lot of this music. Is, is not uplifting, it's overly complicated, it's a bit too jazzy, which don't get me wrong, I love me some jazz, like a, you know, but it doesn't really bring about deeper life. So one of the things that I wanna do is get a new hymnal that will help to, to direct us in the music a little bit better. Um, to, to have a greater, breadth of, a greater breadth of songs, but also songs that you can participate in, not only because you know them, but because they're simple. And what happens, what, there's this beautiful thing, is you can learn a melody, and then they can connect words with that melody and have like seven songs, all with that one melody, but with different words. Really cool, right? Okay, maybe not. I, think I, I, I thought it was. Anyway. So I'm going to be talk, sitting down with the music ministers and we're going to be figuring out which one to do. But I, I, as a kind of a plug at the end, we're going to need to buy these. <laughs> um, so if you're interested in, in helping with that, in, in helping to fund that, to get some hymnals. Because these hymnals, if I remember, um, Father, Father Amal got these because another parish was giving them away because they didn't want them anymore. <laughs> Which is a very frugal thing uh and I love that, but uh I want to be able to to dive something in a little bit deeper so if you're interested in helping to to uh um, to fund that, talk to me afterwards and i'll I'll keep you updated as to to what those what those costs and what that will be um, but I want to end with this: music is this opportunity for us to then worship God better for us to help to, uh, to lead us into greater interior participation and let it let it pull you out of yourself let yourself be drawn in and where you struggle with that either because you're distracted or because you don't know the song then just listen 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 either to the melody or to the words or if you have enough of a focus both and allow them to pull, pull you up. Because if we're able to do that, then we can worship in a deeper way. And that's what's going to help us to become holy.